Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Adam. And this is Amir. And welcome back to Music of Destruction. Today is Season 4, Episode 7 or 8. It's 8, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's Episode 8. But, um... Today we're going to be talking about a band that I've mentioned in the past briefly, but we haven't really gotten a chance to get around to listening to all of their current music that's out. And who am I talking about, Amir? Today we're going to be talking about Conquer Divide. It's an all-female-fronted band, which means that not only is the lead singer female, but everyone else in the band that plays the instruments is female and holy fuck man these chicks are fucking badass I discovered them about three years ago when I was just randomly scrolling through YouTube I saw the song Nightmares my first experience by the way and I wasn't going to listen to it at first but when I saw it I was like you know Nightmares sounds like the name of like a really like a really epic song because like you don't just call it Nightmares and expect to hear like a country song <laughs> so I clicked on it and I was just like, yeah, let's let's see what this song is about. And I listened to it and I was fucking blown away. And then I let you listen to it whenever I sh- whenever I introduced you to the band. And what was your reaction when I showed you them? Showed you them? Pretty much the same thing. I was like, God damn, she has a good fucking scream on her, and then the clean vocals too. They're fucking amazing, man. Like it shocked me. And I know we've been needing to do more more female more female fronted bands or and or all female bands but um because I know we haven't done a lot of them we've only really done Evanescence and that's about it and they're just like the cla- the you know the classic band that everyone knows so I figured maybe it was time to start talking about more a little more of an underrated band that um they just recently came back from a hiatus cause um they've only released one album so far which we just finished listening to a few minutes before this and after they released the album, they released like one last single, like in 2016. I guess it was like one of the last singles from the album. And for the next four years, they were just out of sight or out of mind and pretty much on a hiatus until they came back with their, uh, their single Chemicals, which we just listened to. And I think they've gotten better based on what I've heard. I mean, uh, I still think Nightmares is like the top, the top of their, of their list so far. But, uh, what did you think of them? I thought they were a great band. First of all, the album was just, for a debut album, it was solid. I didn't think there were any bad songs. Each song had its own uniqueness to it. The drums on this album was fucking killer. Definitely. And the unclean vocals, for her to have that type of range for her vocals, that's impressive. Clean vocals were solid as always. Just all all around the band was just amazing. There were no bad songs on this album whatsoever. But like you said, my favorite has to be Nightmares. Like that that's just their pinnacle. It was the first track I heard. It was like the first song that really got me established with who they were. And when we were I remember we were going through the album. And right when we got to the track um at war, because uh that song they were apparently nominated for an award. I guess for best for best hard rock song or whatever it was for the I don't remember the category, um, but that song was great. And then 
the last song on the album, which was uh, it was oddly like seven minutes long, even though it was only it only lasted about maybe five. And then for the rest of the song, it was kind of quiet, and then you got some piano notes in there, which is really nice to hear. But the the pause was just kind of odd. I don't know if it was just a video that was made or whatever, but uh, the song "Broken" that was some hardcore shit right there. The whole album had really great guitar work as well. And like you said, the freaking drums were amazing. And there honestly wasn't a bad song on this record to me. Everyone sounded different. And it had it had its own unique sound, you know? So, uh, what about their, their, their new single, Chemicals, that came out last year? It was like the return from their hiatus. Uh, what did you think of that track? I'm liking the direction these guys are going in. Honestly, with, with chemicals, it wasn't necessarily a, a step up because from chemicals and their previous album, you know, still that same signature sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it works for them. They don't have to constantly be progressing and evolving their sound to fit, you know, a certain genre or whatever. They know what works with with them, with their sound. They continue to do it, and it worked. It worked well for them. So I would say with Chemicals, it's a solid comeback effort. I mean, it's a great fucking song, man. Yeah, they did. A, they just did another. Uh, I think there's one song that I missed that came out right after Chemicals, and then they released a cover song of a Billie Eilish song, which I don't even care for. Uh, because <laughs> who, who cares about Billie Eilish? <laughs> Not me, man. I'll tell you that. Like, it's cool that she's had that she has the new. She has the next Bond theme for No Time to Die, which is cool. But other than that, I, I don't I don't really care for her music. I mean, I'm I just I'm just not into her. Uh, I like I like the direction they're going though. It's, it's got that classic sound like you were saying, and um, I really wish I I really wish there was a lot more we could talk about. But they don't really have that much music history right now. They have about what in total like 14, 15 songs maybe. It really isn't much. There's like 10 on the album, and then they have like... Um, Some singles. And- they have a couple tracks here and there. They, they really don't have very much. Like, supposedly they, they only date back to like 2013. And it said somewhere else that supposedly they could be traced back to like 2005. But, if, but I couldn't find nothing about that. Because these, these, these ladies don't look like, you know, they're massively old. No, like they they look particularly young, like maybe on, like my age. Yeah, maybe you know, mid twenties or like early. 30s. Maybe early thirties at most. So to date back to two thousand five, I was like eleven. <laughs> Sixteen years ago, I don't think these girls were around making music like that. Sixteen years ago, I mean, yeah, you know, most bands form in high school, but you would have thought they had some type of material from two thousand five to two thousand thirteen. That's nine. That's that's eight years. Yeah, they would they would have written something. I know they released a. They made a track in 2012, and that predates the album. And uh, it was their first track, I believe, was "Eyes Wide Shut," which was on the album. But they ended up re-recording the song, I guess, with their new members because they had they've had previous members that were in the group, and uh, some some things happened and. Uh, they originally had another uh, unclean vocalist, but supposedly something happened and 
they ended up having like uh, irreconcilable differences and she uh, left the band and they got their current unclean vocalist I can't remember her name I think her name is like Janelle or something like that and then their clean vocalist's name is uh, Kierly that's a, that's a pretty that's a pretty unique name like I, I, you don't you don't really hear a name like that floating around very much and I'm not saying that as like a bad thing I'm saying like that's it's, it's interesting but uh, yeah, they've gone through several lineup changes. But even then, you know, it's, it doesn't take anything away from their sound. They're still making great music right now. I really think it needs to be said. And honestly, you know, we're gonna we're gonna start talking about more female bands on on the show. And I really think it's necessary because you know, you know, music doesn't really have to just be a full male fronted thing. You know, it's females can make badass music too. You know, ever since we got Evanescence onto the scene, and probably even before that, but more bands are starting to come out now, and Conquer Divide is just another one that's that's on the great on the road to greatness. So here's a name that you might be familiar with, because apparently this is how they got like their first big break with Eyes Wide Shut. It debuted on Get This Shit. Brian Starr's YouTube channel. Jesus Christ. You, you, yeah, you remember Brian Starr? I, I, I think I have. What a fucking douchebag that guy <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. All the drama he was involved with over the years. Thank God he doesn't upload anymore. He doesn't have a platform. Nobody cares for him. The dude's pushing like dirty and still trying to be emo. You're not emo. You're, just, <laughs> you're desperate. <laughs> oh man. Um. <laughs> You made me lose my train of thought. <clears throat> so, um, you really made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> I have, I really had something important I had to say, and then I just forgot it. Uh, their in, their inspir, uh, their their inspirations they drew from. It was they drew from August Burns Red, um, We Came as Romans, and I think Parkway Drive were just a few of their the bands that they drew inspiration from. August Burns Red. I can't wait to talk about them. We're definitely we're talking about them in season five, at some point, and I can't fucking wait. I'm really excited to talk about August Burns Red. So what else? You got anything else you want to say? Uh, I guess we can talk about some of the guest vocals they had. Yeah, they had uh. With their their it was track number one, I think that we, when we listened to it um. Uh, you sink your teeth in or something like that and a guest star Dennis you know who at the time Dennis Stoff who at the time was with Asking Alexandria and this album was released in 2015 and that's when he joined the band so he had probably only been in the band like a short time at that point which he was in the he was only in the band a short time anyway but uh, this is like like probably shortly after he joined because it still credits him as like being in the band instead of just Dennis Stoff you know he did great on the song, though. You know, you heard, you didn't hear him that much, but towards the end, whenever he starts, you know, uh, doing their doing their heavy singing with their with their unclean vocalist and the Conquer Divide, they they blended really well together, and it really really came through. I just wish I had more of that in the track instead of just at the end. But from what we got, it was great. I mean, other than that, that pretty much summed it up for the band because uh, like like you mentioned uh, we 
we made our com- they made their comeback in 2020 in August. They released Chemicals. That actually charted pretty well for what it was. And then um, the cover of Bad Guys ended up getting critical acclaim as well. I haven't listened to it yet, though. Uh, I don't know how I'm going to listen to it. I really I, don't know if I, I can. I don't know how I feel about a Billie Eilish cover. I don't know, but I, I might give it a chance just because it's them singing it. And I don't care about her music, but the fact that they're singing it, maybe. But uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. Well, I guess that's it for Conquer Divide. I'm, we're sorry, everyone. Like, uh, we're 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 trying to give them like a little bit of recognition because honestly, I think they're a great ass band, and they really deserve to be talked about more. I just wish they had more material to work with. Yeah, they really don't have much right now. They really only have the one album and just a couple of new singles, and that's about it. Because they don't really have much history either. And I'm pretty sure that that 2013 around the time when they originally formed I probably think that's probably more accurate than to the supposed 2005 things yeah, if it was 2005 they should have had at least four albums by now <laughs> <laughs> yeah they probably would have been up there like probably like maybe like close to six six maybe seven just depending on like how they release their records maybe they pulled a tool <laughs> they pull a 13 year record <laughs> between 26 and 20, 2006 and 2019 well, uh, that's going to be it for Conquer Divide, I guess. I know it was kind of short. I was hoping we could have talked a lot more about them, but they honestly don't really have that much right now. Hopefully, now that they're they're actually coming back and making more music, we can actually start talking about them more eventually. When they Maybe when they release another album or something. Maybe we'll keep an eye out in case they release a new record, and then maybe we can review it on one of our seasons. I think that'll be good. Because we're always looking for more albums to review by the time we come to an end on a season. And we've been getting lucky so far. Because we're four seasons in and so far we haven't missed one where we haven't done one. So uh, let's just hope we keep getting lucky based on you know how, how much longer we want to keep doing the show and everything. Because we're not short on anything we can talk about. I mean, there's a new music coming out every single day. So, I mean... Alright, um... So that's going to do it for Conquer Divide right now, but the episode's not over yet. Uh, I do want to throw something else in here, and I think Amir's going to, uh, he's going to get a kick out of what we're going to do. But uh, So what we're going to do is we're going to end this little session here, and we're going to take a quick little intermission, and then we'll be right back, and I'm going to give you guys a list. This, is, this will be list number three, because I did the first one, you did the second one, and now I'm doing my top underrated song list I have about 16 songs on here I didn't really put a limit on it at first I did 10 and then I started thinking of more and then that went to 15 and then now I'm like at 16 17 tracks I think it's 16 so uh we're gonna take a little break I'm gonna bring you that list and then I'm gonna get your opinion on it Amir because a lot of these tracks I think that you uh some you might agree with, some you might disagree with, but that's okay. This is just my opinion. So we'll be right back, and we'll bring you this list.
welcome back everyone. We're uh, back on a little break after talking about Conquer Divide. Really, really great band. I hope you guys uh, all check them out if you're looking for another group to listen to. Really, really great all-female fronted band. So uh, before we left, I mentioned that I was going to bring out another list that I made. Last time we did this, me and Amir did our top 10 underrated album list. But this time today, I'm starting off with an underrated song list. These are songs that I feel, in my personal opinion, over the years with all the bands that I've listened to, I feel like all these songs on this list are underappreciated and should should have deserved more love at the time when they were released. So, let's start off with number one. There's there's 16 songs on here, so we're going to go through each one, and I'm going to get Amir's opinion on what he thinks of this. I'm going to explain the reason why I think it's underrated, and then I'm going to get his opinion on it. You ready? Okay. Track number one. And I have to put... I had to put this on here because I've mentioned it in the past before when we talked about them on the show. Through the Iris, 10 years. This song is extremely underrated. It was on the same album as Wasteland. And because Wasteland was their biggest hit, even even till today, this song flew under the radar because everyone's focus was on Wasteland. Great track. Jesse's vocals are extremely awesome here. They're literally on par with Wastelands. And Wastelands, you know, it's just like, Wasteland is just like a heavy track, you know? But Through the Iris, listen, go and listen to that song, and you will understand why I think it's underrated. You've listened to that song before, haven't you? Yeah, when we did the... Uh, when, we ta- when we talked about the group. Yeah, what do you think? Do you remember anything from that track? Oh, uh, shit, it's been a while. I do remember that album. That was a solid band album. Yeah, the uh, the Autumn Effect. It was their second record with Jesse. It was the band's third overall, but it was the second one with him. Because their their original singer, he left after they did their first record. Right. So, uh, Jesse came to the band with, uh, in 2002, and it was 2004 where they released their first record with him. It was called uh, Killing All That Holds You. It was 2004. And Wasteland was actually on that album as well, but it was re-recorded a different way. And they went back and they they replayed all the instruments. Jesse re-sang the song again and released it to the current version that was on The Autumn Effect, which was released the next year in 2005. I'm going to, after we, we're finished with this episode, I'm going to take you back to, to YouTube. and I'm going to replay that song for you and you will understand why I feel like that song is underrated. So moving on to song number two, Breaking Inside, Shinedown. It was on The Sound of Madness, and not just the regular Breaking Inside, but both of them. The one with just Brent Smith singing the song, and then the one where he guest starred Lizzie Hale to sing the second verse. Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, if anyone who doesn't know that. I think that song is really sad, and... I, don't, I never heard anyone really talk about it much. Yeah, I gotta agree with you on that. Because when you think back to that album, you think of, you know, the heavy hitters. Uh, Second Chance. Uh, the title track. Uh, the title track. Devour. Call Me. Freaking Crow, the Crow and the Butterfly. That was a softer song. But a heavy hitter one. Um... Yeah, that song, 
Uh, I never heard really many people saying anything about it, even when it came out. I was like 14 when the album came out, but I was really into the group around that time as well. And, you know, I was always into, you know, like doing album reviews and stuff like that, watching interviews, reactions and stuff like that. Not, not much was even said about this, if any. And it's a heavy hitter. Uh, it's, it's sad. It's, it's like a sadder song. But everything about it is really great. Brent sings a song like fucking amazing. All the instruments are great. Everyone is completely in tune with each other. Even when Lizzie Hale guest, guest starred on the song two years after that, when they released the deluxe edition for The Sound of Madness, and they got her to sing the second verse, I thought she was fucking great. And this is before I even discovered Hailstorm. Like, when, when I heard this version of the song with Lizzie, I didn't, I didn't really know much about the band. I knew who the band was, but I didn't listen to their music. So I really didn't know much about who they were. And then when I heard her on this uh, song, that's when I went and actually listened to them, and that's when I really was like, oh. So she's the one that sings on this album, on, on that song, and this is her band, okay. So then I started putting it together. But really, in my opinion, really, really underrated song. Number three, and you knew I had to put this one on here because me and you know a lot about the song, Chemical Ride. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I agree. That really is an underrated song. Underrated band, too. Yeah, three years. Hold on. We, I know we talked about them, but um, I think I might want to re-talk about them again whenever they come out with, uh, hopefully when they come out with new music again because... We didn't really get to say too much about them because, you know, they only had, like, just a few releases. And this was back, you know, when we were doing, like, three, four bands an episode. And we're not doing that shit anymore. Because <laughs> that was that just put too much stress on us. Because we were having to listen to so many fucking albums and music. And we had to get it done, all, all, like, with all a week time span. And then work was always getting in the way, so that's why we had to change it up. So... Honestly, if I could get the chance, I would want to go back and just re-talk about certain, just certain bands that were just thrown into, like, with three or four other groups. Just, you know, like, just bands that we didn't really get to get to touch on as much as we wanted to. I don't think we're ever going to do that, but should we ever have gotten the chance, I would definitely have loved to do it. Number four... I wanted to put this one on the list because it's probably still my favorite track by the band today. And I feel like this is probably one of the more the most underrated tracks on their album, Ride in Two by Tool. Interesting choice. Don't know if I would consider that one underrated because personally that's one of my favorite Tool songs. Yeah. But but then again, you know Tool it took them forever to release all of their music like on, on social media platforms. Because for the longest time, they insisted on privacy and they didn't want their music shared like on all the platforms like we always find music today. And it wasn't until like last year before Fear and Auckland came out that they finally started opening their music to other platforms. So can you believe it's actually been that long? Where like really the only way you could probably find their music is if you just happen to be in a record store and you come across one of their albums or you're on YouTube and you just happen to come across it somehow. But uh, you'd be surprised. 
How do you feel about writing too? I don't know if I've ever asked you that question. What, just about the song in general? Just, just about the song in general. It's one of the best tool songs, in my opinion. Like, just something about the message behind that song. I just thought, like, the what really drew me to the song was was the the lyrics. Exactly, yeah. Because the way the song is sung, Maynard pretty much describes what he's talking about in the song is like the point of view from angels that are like in heaven and they're looking down on humanity and like they're they're calling us monkeys <laughs> he's like don't don't these talking monkeys know that Eden know that Eden has enough to go around and things like that and it's, it's hilarious how like the whole message of the song is humans are always fighting each other and uh, like always trying to look too far into things fighting fighting and violence and whatnot and then you go to the comment section of the actual music uh, audio the official audio video and what is the first thing you see in the comments is people arguing over the meaning of the song. They're like, they're like, I have seen that. No, I'm right. <laughs> I know the song means this. Well, no, it can mean this too. This is what I think it means. This is just me. Because I've listened to the song countless times throughout the years. And this is what I think. I think that the message in that song is... It's kind of like what you said. Where it's about... You know, them talking about humanity and how the angels are looking down on us from heaven and they're seeing everything that all the humans on this planet are doing. It's like, imagine like there's like a cloud way up in the sky and there's angels sitting on that cloud looking down at us on the planet and they're seeing us fighting wars. They're seeing us like killing people. They're seeing us steal. They're seeing us commit all this senseless violence when in the angel's eyes that there's a there's more than enough to go around for everybody and yet we're still we're still choosing to do it that's kind that's kind of like how i feel that's just me and i'm sure if you actually listen to the song you can actually uh you'll be able to find bits and pieces of that in there because dude they even talk about like eden and they even point out eden and stuff in there like there's literally a lyric that says don't these talking monkeys know that eden has enough to go around so it's like, why are you doing, why are you guys doing all of this shit and fighting over land and starting wars and, you know, doing randomly killing people for no reason, causing murder, rape and all this other stuff when you guys have more than you think you do and it doesn't, you got, it doesn't need to be this way because honestly, this planet has enough that we could all live in peace and harmony if everyone chose to get on the same page. And if we didn't have a corrupt-ass fucking government. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. <laughs> That's just me, though. So, uh, let's move on to song number five. We listened to these guys earlier. Denial. By Harlot, other, other, otherwise known as We Are Harlot. It was Danny's band after he left Aston Alexandria. They only made one album together. And they pretty much got into an argument a couple shortly after that. Uh, they're no longer on speaking terms, 
and their second album has been delayed indefinitely, and now he's back with Asking Alexandria. So I have to ask, you've listened to the song just as much as me. What do you think of Denial? If Danny had stuck with this sound, I would actually appreciate a lot of the music that he made, you know, currently. That's if he stuck with this sound. Of course, as we know... He didn't. Yeah. (laughs) But Denial was a great song, especially, you know, coming off of Afghan Alexandria and the drastic change in sound that he had. And this is before he started losing his fucking voice. Exactly. Uh, Well, not necessarily losing his voice. He could still sing, but it just doesn't have that classic uh, rock raspiness to it. That you used to hear on their old work with uh, when he was with AA. And it was at this point, like between between the two-year gap between 2015 when Harlot released their album and then 2017 when they released their self-titled after he rejoined the band, that's when you started noticing the sound difference. And that's when you started seeing how things were changing. It wasn't completely changed yet at that point, but that's where you could tell that something was going on. And then which eventually led into Like a House on Fire. <laughs> anyway so let's move on number six this one I don't know because I know you've heard this song before but we've never really we haven't talked about them on the show yet but I'm really I'm hoping that we maybe in season five maybe we can sometime re-education through labor rise against do you remember that do you remember that song I do remember I actually heard that on the radio that yeah, and I'm glad they don't overplay their fucking music. That's true. Imagine Dragons were talking to you. Yeah, that that song, man, like that's that's still currently my favorite Rise Against song to date. I don't they haven't I, I haven't heard anything else from them yet that's yet to top that song. It was featured in Guitar Hero World Tour, which was released in two thousand eight, which was the same year that it came out. Other than that, I didn't hear much else about it other than it being released in that game. I used to play Guitar Hero a lot as a kid. Even with Tony, you know, we grew up playing Guitar Hero. We'd always play the shit out of them, and World Tour is probably our favorite one. And we played, like, mostly all of them. But we always come back to that one the most, because I think that one had, like, the best track list. You know, it had Nirvana, it had Foo Fighters, it had Rise Against, it had, uh, had a whole had a whole bunch of other bands that we, that we were listening to at the time. And it was only, like, the perfect game, because it had everyone that we had listened to. And... It's almost like it was released just for us at the time. And probably like every other freaking 14, 15 year old kid at the time who listened to the same music that we did. But, um, yeah, Reeducation, still my favorite. Uh, and everyone out there who's listening, uh, if you come across any of these songs on YouTube or if you even want to listen to them, look them up. And maybe you'll have the same opinion as me. Maybe not. That's okay. We all have our own. But these songs are here. These are just what I feel deserve more recognition. Number seven. I think you've only heard this song once. And it was because I showed you this song. And I don't know if you'll remember anything about it. There's a song called Wide Awake. And it's by a band called Edison. 
I don't I, think I, I remember that one. Yeah, I, pl- I played it for you once. I had a feeling you wouldn't remember it. But um, it goes that I'm wide awake, it's Saturday. I haven't slept and feels like days. I need something to keep me up tonight. It's, it's a catchy song. I'll have to replay it for you after we get done with the episode. But uh, maybe we'll give like a little short updated video clip on what Amir thinks on all the songs that he doesn't remember from my list and how he feels if they actually uh, if they actually do hold up to what they are or not. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that one. Number eight, you might remember this one. There's a track called Guardian. It was by that band called uh, Ether Realm. It was the, I will be your guardian for loneliness, feel my love surround you, share your burden, I will carry it, the sorrow overtakes you. I know I played it for you once or twice. That actually does sound kind of familiar, that you sing it. Um, I don't know for sure though if I actually remember that song. Yeah. So what I'm going to do is on my list right here. I'm going to put a check next to songs that you need a refresher of. And then maybe sometime we'll do like a short video clip and we'll come back and we'll give you an update on these songs. And then we'll get your opinion on them. So we'll go ahead and leave that one for now. Number nine. This track, um, I really gave more credit whenever I re-listen to the record it's uh, called London and Terror by Motionless and White it's on their debut album Creatures which I feel is like a 10 out of 10 album pretty much There's no bad songs on that record and the only reason I like it so much is because you know not only are the vocals and the instruments great but they use a really interesting effect in the background of their music while, while Chris is singing where they have like this electronic sound it doesn't overpower the music in any way. It's just in the background and you can hear it while the song is playing. And it goes like, uh, it goes like, it goes like that while they're, while Chris is singing through the song and the instruments are playing. It doesn't overpower the music at all. It doesn't change the tone of the song, but it adds like an extra layer to how the song sounds. And I'll give you an updated version on that too, uh, after we're done with this list, because I think you might get a kick out of it too. I think I think you might agree that it'll that it adds a little something extra to the song. So we'll come back to that one too. So number ten, <clears throat> we're getting there. We're about we're about a little over halfway there. So these two tracks, these two tracks are kind of 50 50. I put I put these both in the same track in the same number because they're by the same artist and I think that they both need to be shared one of them is on a new album and another one is from an album back in 2014 so the first of those two is Liar by Seether from their 2020 album it was that softer song and Sean's vocals in that song are are the one thing that I think makes the song so fucking great because it's a softer song it's not really like a really headbanging song like you would like listen to with previous Cedar songs but that song I don't hear I didn't hear people talking about that either 
the only really songs I hear people talking about are just the singles released. I don't hear people ever talking about most of any of the other tracks because, you know, lead singles are meant to like promote your album. So you want to release your best songs first to get people into the record. So when people hear those songs, they sometimes maybe people think that those are automatically the best ones. Which in some cases, maybe that's true, but not all the time. And in this case, I don't think it's all the time. Because that song right there is really underrated. You don't, you don't believe me? Go and listen to Liar from Seether on their track CV's Passim Parabellum. Otherwise known as, if you want peace, prepare for war. And part two of that list is Nobody Praying For Me from their 2014 record, Isolate and Medicate. That was the one that goes, uh, so stand up and break my bones. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Ain't nobody answer. giving up because nobody gives a fuck. That, that, that gets me fucking pumped up every time I hear that. Do you look me straight in the face and tell me, do you think that's an underrated song? Hell yeah. That's a good ass <laughs> fucking song, man. <laughs> man. I remember the, uh, me and Lewis were always listening to uh, to Cedar a lot, you know, as we were growing up and going through our years. And every time we were going car rides, I would always be so excited to let him hear the next new Cedar album. Because we've been listening to Cedar together for a good while. So uh, it was after their um, it was after the album with Country Song, which was 2011, and that's when they started releasing more in three year gaps. After that. So there was the 2011 album, and then there was 2014, which was Isolate and Medicate, and then there's 2017 with Poison the Parish, and then you have CV's Passim from 2020. It was during those three-year gaps where we were always getting really impatient with their music, because every time, we, we wouldn't always get to hang out all the time, but when we did, I'd always be so like excited to, to let them hear the new, see the track that just came out from their new album that's coming out. And we'd always be so excited. So every time I got to hang out with him, I would always be so excited to show him like the next new track because we were always really into the band like that. And we're probably going to keep being that way until probably until the band decides to retire. But yeah, those two songs, I think really underrated. Number 11. This one you may not have heard because it was never released as a single on any of their albums. And the only time it was released was on a Greatest Hits album. And that was the first time anyone had ever heard it. It's a song called Wheels. And it's by Foo Fighters. You heard of yeah, it? Yeah, no. Never so, okay, so we'll add, that, we'll add that one to the list. That one's kind of a... It's kind of a different sounding song. Not really that different, but... Um, it's different in a good way. It's probably how Medicine at Midnight is going to be. Because that's the album we're currently getting ready to review here soon. Um... Yeah, that track is Dave's got some. He's got some good vocals in that track, and it's it sounds different from their typical like um, all their previously known tracks. You know, like "Learn to Fly," "All My Life," times like these, and everything. It's got a hint of that sound, but when you start listening to it, you'll automatically start thinking, "Oh, this sounds this sounds different than their previous work." So it's different, but the same. So I'll have to bring you that one too and I'd let you listen to that one as well. So, uh, and all these check marks, we're going to make a quick little video and we're going to update it later. 
and then we'll bring it back to everyone. So we'll add a check to that one too. Number 12, this would be easy. We already talked about this one tonight. Nightmares. Conquer Divide. <laughs> Brilliant fucking song. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing else needs to be said. <laughs> Nothing else needs to be said. Moving on. <laughs> I like how I really like how that, since I had that on the list, that brought full circle when we just talked about them earlier today. So it was good bringing that back around. Number 13, we're almost there. We only got three more to go after this. Number 13, we listen to the song too. I am the fire, hailstorm. You remember that track? I do remember that track. And I know you love the music video just because you know Lizzie Hale is like sexy as fuck. Because she's fucking redhead, <laughs> she's white, and she can get this dick. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Lizzie, and Hailstorm. Yeah, great track. She can. She she's a great fucking singer, dude. And it really comes through on this track, because the the two tracks that really got me into the band. Besides that version of Breaking Inside, was I Miss the Misery and then uh, I Am the Fire. I Miss the Misery probably could have been on on this on this list too, but uh, I think that song probably got more recognition than this one did because I didn't hear anything about this song when it came out. Yeah, so we're, we're definitely gonna. I definitely had to add that one to the list. Number fourteen. You might remember this one. This is from two thousand eleven. It was their first album in five years at this point. Uh, Evanescence, the song "What You Want." Do you remember? Do you remember that song? That that track? Oh, I wish I. From their self-titled album from uh, from 2011. So they had uh, they had their album from 2003. I don't remember what it's called. Oh. And then they had the Open Door, which was 2006. Yeah. And then they had a five-year gap, and then they came back in 2011 with a self their self-titled album. And the lead single from that album was What You Want. And again, I didn't hear nothing else about it. I heard the song. I went out and bought the album at the time. It was that it, The album was that good enough that I went out and bought a copy of it at the time. I wish I still had it today. I don't know where it is. But um, it was good enough to where I went out to buy the album. And I listened to the whole thing. If you don't remember that track, we're going we're gonna to add that to the list too. Shockingly, we, don't, we only have like about five songs on the checklist so far but I'll, I'll come back we'll come back to you on that one number 15 we listened to this one just a few minutes ago Heavy is the Head Zach Brown Band this one is probably going to be the most fresh since we literally just listened to it what did you think of that track? it's like I said earlier man that song sounds like something you hear in a movie about like the wild west some dude just walked into a bar ready to kick ass <laughs> That's what that song is. And, and I think I said, like, um, uh, it's it sounds like, you know, uh, someone walking into a bar, they get into, like, a huge-ass bar fight, and then some random guy gets thrown into the jukebox, and that's what happens to to come on the jukebox. <laughs> yeah, great track. It, was feature, it featured Chris Cornell, who, like, literally, you know, died the next year. It was really great to hear his, vo- his voice on that song, because um, I don't remember where the first time I heard that song was. I think it was featured in a WWE game, I think, too. I really got to credit their video games because they they choose, like, really good tracks for their for their game lists. Because uh, a lot a lot of their uh, tracks on their, their games are freaking solid. You know, I prefer them over all the fucking trashy-ass songs they pick for their pay-per-view albums. <laughs> because, honestly, they're, they're shit, man. They're terrible. 
But yeah, it was good. It was good to hear Chris Cornell guest star on that album or that song at least. Of course, he sings fucking great. He's like a legend with a legendary voice. Anyone out there who's never heard that song, go look it up. The group is called Zach Brown Band, and the song is called Heavy Is The Head, and it features Chris Cornell. A really, really great song. Didn't hear much talk about it, except for when it was released in a past WWE game. I think that was about it. And you listen to it, I think you might... You, there's a chance you could agree with me. It's a, it's one, it's a hit, another hidden gem out there. Alright, last one, number 16. I kind of cheated a little bit with this one, because... I couldn't choose one song off of this album, so I went ahead and just put the whole damn thing on there. <laughs> Minus the machine, That's ten fair years. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the machine, ten years. I know that I know that's cheating a little bit, but there's a reason why I did this. Every track on this album is fucking flawless. <laughs> this is the album that people will listen to. That people didn't even, again. People didn't say much about this record. And this, this album marked the 10th anniversary of when Jesse joined the band in 2002. Because this, this album was released in 2012. So it marked the 10 years of when he was with the group. And I listened to this album again wholly. I could not pick one track from it because all the tracks are underrated because no one talked about them. Or I didn't hear anything about them. Or I didn't see them in the media or anywhere. Or nothing. So I went ahead and just included the whole thing. And the reason, I know I've talked about this album a lot in the past on the show, but the only reason I do it is because this album right here, this is the album that I remember 10 years for. A lot of people out there that listen to them, they only remember 10 years for Wasteland because it's their best known single and it still is. But for me, this album right here is what showed me that there's a lot more to this band than just Wasteland. And that this whole album there's not one bad song on here to writing on the walls to dancing with the dead to minus the machine to backlash to soma tightrope all the songs on here even knives knives is like a really heavy hitting song this i feel is the band at their peak and this whole album i feel is on par with wasteland because it wasn't until this album came out that I didn't confine 10 years to just Wasteland and a couple of singles here and there. Every track on this album could be considered memorable and another way to remember the band other than just Wasteland. I could look at any one of these tracks and I could think, oh, it's 10 years. Like when people say, hey, uh, well, hey uh, is that Wasteland by 10 years? Yeah. I could do that with any of these tracks on this record. This band opened my eyes this album opened my eyes to 10 years even more where it wasn't just limited to one or two songs by the band mainly just Wasteland but this album was a big eye opener for me and it's one of the best in their genre to date and this album is almost 10 years old at this point and that's my list I know I kind of cheated with that last one a little bit but honestly I felt like I needed to do that because I couldn't just pick one because Every song on that album, I feel, is underrated. So uh, I just went ahead and just put the whole thing on there in one. So uh, what'd you think of my list? Pretty solid list, man. There's some good choices in there. Yeah, we'll go back and listen to the check marks. We only have about five, so we don't we don't even have a lot. So 
without further ado, we're going to go ahead and finally end the episode. Uh, I know we spent most of the time talking about this list and Conquer Divide, but again, you know, they don't really have much history right now. But hopefully now that they're making music again, they'll actually start releasing more stuff and we can talk about them more. Maybe get another album, or maybe get an album review by them if they release a new record. Fingers crossed on that because I am looking forward to hearing more from them. So without further ado, we hope you all enjoyed and we'll see you guys next week for our album review Foo Fighters Medicine at Midnight. Really looking forward to that.